You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thanks as always for joining us this week. A lot to talk about, new lawsuits about Fauci, plus new documents on January 6th. Of course, Judicial Watch uh, stepping into the gap, the oversight gap again in con- uh, here in Washington, D.C., caused by uh, the politicized unwillingness of Congress to do its work and, of course, the media uh, to ignore uh, the corruption in its face. Uh, first up is, as I uh, mentioned, January 6th, uh, Judicial Watch is conducting a comprehensive investigation to include federal lawsuits and state lawsuits, or in the case of the District of Columbia, District of Columbia lawsuits, about uh, the January 6th disturbance. Uh, Judicial Watch alone got records about the shooting death of Ashley Babbitt. Judicial Watch alone, uh, in this case, got documents, and I'll talk about those in a minute, about uh, the uh, uh, police uh, intelligence and reporting surrounding January 6th, both on the day of and prior to. And I'll uh, get into that. Uh, These are new documents that we obtained as a result of a federal Freedom of Information Act lawsuit against the Park Police, which is an agency of the Department of Interior. So the thing about Washington, D.C. is that there are a billion police departments that guard our nation's capital and have jurisdiction here. And obviously, it's not just not literally a billion, but there's a lot. You have uh, the Park Police that's responsible for uh, the federal monuments and the parks around uh, the area of Washington, D.C. Uh, you have the Secret Service that has its own jurisdiction, uh, you know, obviously uh, within the White House or uh, the White House grounds and other areas uh, around uh, D.C., such as uh, uh, um, embassies and places like that. You have the D.C. Police Department, the Metropolitan Police Department, which is the local D.C. police force, which uh, has jurisdiction all over the city and provides support for all the federal agency uh, police forces. And, of course, the most famously known, at least recently, is the U.S. Capitol Police, uh, which has jurisdiction uh, generally around the, on the grounds of the U.S. Capitol, and they provide some protection for members here in town. And, of course, there are other federal police forces as well, all over the city that I can't, I, I couldn't even begin to name, but they're all over the place. But the Park Police obviously is, is uh, very much involved in uh, providing security and monitoring large demonstrations here in the Capitol. And so uh, the documents we received, I should say we uncovered or we forced out because, again, this was the result of a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit. It wasn't involuntary uh, it wasn't a voluntary disclosure. We filed the lawsuit um, in May of this year, and the documents reveal uh, that the Park Police certainly had um, predicted there'd be large numbers of people at the Capitol. So the fact there were a bunch of people there, it was no surprise. The documents also show that the FBI was monitoring not only the January 6th demonstrations, obviously, but they're also uh, uh, monitoring travel to the events by, uh, quote, subjects of interest. So I found that to be interesting. Uh, So, you know, the big question to me is, and of course the the, uh, abusive uh, star chamber proceeding uh, known as the Select Committee on January 6th that Pelosi has set up, that's a one-party operation. 
There's no representatives of the minority party there. Now, Pelosi appointed two Republicans, uh, but they don't answer, they don't represent the minority party. So it's just a one-party committee. So it's inherently abusive as a result. And of course, they're trying to jail their political opponents, namely Steve Bannon, for objecting to their abusive subpoenas and resisting the subpoenas. Uh, but on top of that, they have zero interest in going uh, and exploring how the disturbance happened. You know, they pretend to be concerned about the attack on our democracy and all the histrionic and hysterical language they use, but they're there, they have zero interest in A, disclosing from what their own records show what happened, which is what Judicial Watch is suing for, namely the videos, or investigating the security, um, why security broke down. And why is that in part? Because Nancy Pelosi, in theory, was in charge of security as House Speaker. So the collapse of the police force around the Capitol, the failure to secure the Capitol, is, uh, a pol is, is the result of a political decision-making uh, by the political officials in Congress who run the U.S. Capitol Police. Now, it wasn't like they were surprised by the big crowds, that they were, they were just standing around and all of a sudden 15,000 people showed up because the documents showed that the Park Police uh, was uh, very much aware that the January 6th rally would end with a large portion of the crowd going up to the Capitol. And how do I know that? Because there's a report. January 5th, the day before the election, before January 6th, obviously, a Park Police Incidents Briefing, briefing Report, Incident Briefing Report, uh, they described the purpose of the January 6th rally in part as being to, quote, protest election integrity. And of course, they were very concerned about counter-protests because prior demonstrations here in the Capitol uh, usually resulted in uh, uh, the left uh, getting into kind of street battles with the protesters they didn't like here in town. But this is the key part of the incident report or incident briefing. As long as POTUS, who then was President Trump, has finished speaking, this is at the rally, we still expect a large portion of this group to depart the ellipse, which is the area just outside the White House, at some point and march to the U.S. Capitol prior to 1,300 hours. Okay? So no surprise. Again, they reference the rally on the ellipse in another uh, Park Police report, Daily Operational Snapshot. Women for America First will hold a rally on the ellipse. That was the rally that President Trump spoke at. President Trump is scheduled to speak at this event around 1,100 hours. The permit application, okay, the application states that 20,000 people will attend this event. Is it, ex it is expected that a portion of this group will march to the U.S. Capitol prior to 1,300 hours. So they had a heads up. They knew that there was going to be a big crowd at the Capitol, and it was pretty clear, because the results show, that they didn't have the security to make sure that folks who were uh, kind of motivated would uh, not be able to breach the Capitol. And so what happened was you had the, all of these folks who, uh, who were very, very agitated go up there and breach the Capitol. 
So you had these initial breaches of the police lines because they had a few, only a few officers there. And so that just opened the kind of the floodgates in the sense that you just had people just following the lead. They didn't know what had happened initially, but they ended up being outside the Capitol or close to the Capitol in an area that typically they would not be allowed to be, but they were just hanging out. And then a core group of them, a few of them, I don't know how many exactly were involved in the specific violence, got into battles with the police outside the Capitol, but others just walked through. Both walked up to the Capitol quite peaceably, and others walked into the Capitol quite peaceably. Now, some did it in violation of the law, seemingly. They should have known it was violation of the law, but others didn't. So that's what happened. They weren't prepared. The U.S. Capitol Police weren't prepared. The Park Police um, should have been prepared, but they weren't. And uh, what I think is interesting about this is that the uh, FBI uh, was monitoring as well uh, people traveling to and from the U.S. Uh, Capitol that day. Uh, there's another document that shows that um, it's called a situation report sent to the Park Police uh, by the FBI. Again, it was on January 6th. Uh, it was around 10:28 uh, a.m. No civil disobedience reported at this time in the quote active crowds, which include 10,000 plus waiting in line to go through magnetometers to be on the ellipse during Trump's speech. So you had thousands of people, quite peaceably, I say, assembling as the as uh, is their God-given right on uh, the ellipse. Currently, uh, the center, the operation center, which is the IOC is monitoring the suspected or reported travel of, quote, redacted subjects of interest from various field offices redacted. Again, more redactions of the subjects were reported as not traveling to the national capital region. As of 10 a.m., the, um, the operation center had not confirmed the arrival of the rest of these subjects of interest in Washington, D.C. So the FBI was tracking a series of events at the, uh, in the U.S., uh, excuse me, here in Washington, D.C. at the time. And again, uh, there were, when you look at the documents, you see uh, that they were concerned about this Proud Boys group uh, because they were the ones who tended to get into fights with the leftists. So I think that was generally the big concern there. Uh, they weren't expecting violence other than perhaps violence between the Proud Boys group or people like that and some of the leftists. So that was something they were concerned about. Other documents are, are um, you know, quite disturbing to read because they read the, their real-time reporting of the riot um, as it took place. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, they're dramatic. Uh, it doesn't tell us those, those records. Uh, you know, for instance, they talk about the U.S. Capitol Police deploying chemicals um, and uh, chemical munitions and physical altercations are ongoing at the Capitol. I mean, so when you read stuff like that, obviously, you, uh, I mean, I'm glad more people weren't hurt or killed other than, uh, you know, it's terrible Ashley Babbitt was killed, I think, uh, needlessly, as Judicial Watch documents have uncovered. Uh, but we're lucky more people weren't hurt because of uh, the collapse in security by uh, the U.S. Capitol Police and federal law enforcement. You, know, you may remember President Trump reportedly suggested they should have 10,000 troops there. Because he knew there was going to be a big crowd. Of course, they didn't listen to him. Again, January 4th, 
At this time, we have no indication of any acts of violence being pre-planned by specific individual or groups. Why is that important? Because, you know, the whole narrative around January 6th by the uh, left media and their allies in Congress who want to use January 6th as a pretext to attack the First Amendment rights of their political opponents, namely anyone who voted for Trump, anyone who doesn't share uh, their analysis of the January, excuse me, the uh, 2020 election, or frankly, objects to anything else they're trying to do. Uh, they think, and they've been putting out there this grant, this idea that there was this grand conspiracy to breach the Capitol. Well, we have documents showing they had no evidence that there was such a grand conspiracy. And as the New York Times reported recently, they had an FBI informant among the crowd that breached the Capitol. And the FBI informant said it was basically just, uh, 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 it just happened. It was spontaneous. And that there was no pre-planned conspiracy. So they've been lying. The FBI has known there was no conspiracy. And yet they talk of a conspiracy. And it's the whole purpose and energy behind the Pelosi uh, uh, select committee attacks on Trump and his allies. Because their theory of the case is that there was a conspiracy when in fact there wasn't. And what they do is they conflate their First Amendment rights at, uh, to uh, challenge congressional proceedings, meaning criticize them, advocate and petition their government for how to handle uh, the election disputes at the time with violence. So if you object to something in good faith, as our Constitution and the law allows, they want to try to put you in jail. I mean, that's their thinking. You're a terrorist. And this is what I love about Judicial Watch. We're out there getting the truth out about what the real truth is. There was no grand conspiracy. Uh, it happened, it looks to me, uh, because of the lack of policing, the lack of security provided opportunities for agitators to breach the Capitol. And it just escalated from there to uh, the violence that we saw on the steps there, which is, again, the result of failure to secure the area. I mean, when you've got folks at your door if you're if you're federal if you're a federal facility breaching the facility or attempting to and putting and 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 getting into fights with police and such that's a failure of security and there are plenty of resources here in Washington DC to have prevented that from ever happening and of course you know judicial watch I should say judicial watch I was you know pushing uh, for President Trump in response to left-wing violence that Congress doesn't care about. Because remember, Congress, the Pelosi and the left, they, they don't object to violence. They just you, they use it when they think it's necessary or they condone it when they think it's necessary. It's principled conservatives like me who said, well, you know, there's no reason for the violence. Violence is not appropriate. Many on the left don't believe that. They think it's often appropriate. It's a regular tool in their political toolbox.
But I had highlighted because you know I was at the White House the night the president accepted the Republican nomination. I saw the violence around the White House. The White House wasn't secure there. You had violence prior to that that resulted in the president having to go down to a bunker. I mean, if we didn't have security, the proper security then, they could have breached the grounds of the White House. Who knows what would have happened? So that's why I called for the Insurrection Act to be used uh, to uh, secure the nation's capital. And frankly, if it had been used, I suspect the capital breaches would never have happened because we would have had the, national, nas the necessary security around. Because when you have effective, when you have strong security measures, to, you, uh, it, 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 if, it, if it's done correctly, and, it, and, and you know, law enforcement knows how to do it correctly. So when things get screwed up, it's because a politician intervened or the heads of the police departments, in the case of the Capitol Police, made decisions contrary uh, to what their training and others would dictate, and, and uh, their trainings would dictate. So when you've got the right security, people can protest peaceably, they can engage in their First Amendment protected activity, they're safe, and the facilities and the you know, the members or government politicians they're trying to uh, petition are safe as well. Security protects your liberty in that regard. But of course, you know, the left opposed security for our nation's capital. And when you don't have security, it invites lawlessness is what initially happened at the U.S. Capitol. So this is what Judicial Watch has been doing. We have a number of lawsuits on January 6th. We have, I don't know if we're getting more documents from this one, but we uncovered, as I say, the uh, documents about the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. No one else had gotten them that show that everyone knew that she was unarmed, yet she was shot anyway. And she didn't really pose an immediate threat. No good reason to have her shot, as Lieutenant Byrd did. Of course, there was a big cover-up of even the, his his participation in the shooting. They hid his name for months. How is that ever? How is that done these days in police officer-involved shootings? I guess if the target is of the wrong political class, the media and its leftist allies that are supposedly there to hold the police accountable, they don't care. We received documents about Brian Sicknick's death, the officer. Frankly, our lawsuit pressured the Office of Chief Medical Examiner to finally admit that he died of natural causes, not as the media and law enforcement falsely suggested that he was killed at the riot. He wasn't. And we also have a lawsuit right now over the FBI's uh, surveillance of banking records, taking up the banking records of countless American citizens in and around uh, the Capitol on that day, or in the Capitol area. You didn't even have to be at the, at the rally. For all I know, my records were taken up. Completely illegal and unconstitutional. So Judicial Watch is doing the oversight that Congress ought to be doing. But, you know, obviously Congress is, is interested in, obviously, well, first of all, Congress should be the subject of the oversight because they run the Capitol. And secondly, you have Congress being abused to target, as I say, the political opposition 
um, namely Trump and his supporters. So I'm glad Judicial Watch is here because if we weren't doing it, no one else would. I mean, we're told this is the most important day in American history. It's War of 1812, nothing worse. And yet it's only Judicial Watch in court, practically speaking, trying to get information as to what really went on on January 6th. We're also suing the U.S. Capitol Police, Nancy Pelosi's Congress, for all the videos. And they tell us that we're not allowed to get them because, quote, A, they're not public records, and B, even if they were, the public doesn't have an interest in getting them out. So they're the worst day in American history, but there's no public interest in seeing the videos from that day. That's what Nancy Pelosi is saying. So Nancy Pelosi, to be clear, is an enemy of transparency about January 6th. I mean, you can see even now there's this crazed attack on Tucker Carlson because he's taking a counter, uh, you know, a counter approach to the left-leaning narrative on January 6th. He's having his show's going to cover the issue. He has a big documentary coming out. So what are they trying to do? Censor it. They're enemies of transparency. And in the case of January 6th, they're being exposed as enemies of the First Amendment. But Judicial Watch isn't cowed. We're going to keep on keeping on and suing and suing and suing uh, to get the truth about January 6th. It's our most significant investigation uh, since the Russiagate investigation, uh, which also changed history. So the other big issue out there, obviously, is COVID. And the uh, alleged misconduct of people like Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and other things, not only in uh, the potential funding of gain-of-function research that potentially could have led to the creation of the COVID virus, if you believe some experts, uh, but other information has come out about his involvement in, uh, or his agency's involvement in the funding of uh, animal research, which is, uh, to many people, morally objectionable, especially since it involves dogs. And so, uh, and of course, Judicial Watch uncovered how his agencies and, and the feds generally were involved in, which I think is worse than dog experiments, uh, taking the uh, fetal organs and heads of unborn human beings killed through abortion and using them to, according to the FDA's own admission, develop medicines and vaccines. Make sure they're, quote, safe. That was the FDA's response to some of our disclosures. So you have Fauci spending your money to uh, experiment using the fetal organs of babies killed through abortion, dogs, and, you know, Lord knows who, what else in terms of gain-of-function research, it's still being uncovered. You know, and the other the big thing is people have concerns about is what he's getting paid. He's one of the top paid officials, if not the top civil paid civil servant in the country or in the federal government. And if he has any conflicts of interest. And the law requires certain documents be filed, financial disclosures be filed by senior officials like Dr. Fauci. And Judicial Watch filed a FOIA lawsuit on behalf of one of our allies in the movement for transparency, OpenTheBooks.com, against the Department of Health and Human Services for the employment contracts, financial conflict of interest, and confidentiality disclosure documents, and quote, job description of Dr. Fauci. Plus, we want, um, through this lawsuit, to get uh, details on the royalties paid to NIH employees by outside entities. So, so, you know, you may not know this, but 
uh, certain government officials have side jobs that uh, result in income to them, God bless America, right? But because of the potential conflicts of interest, those, that income needs to be disclosed. And this is specifically what we're being, uh, what our, our friends at OpenTheBooks.com, um, and they do some great work on FOIA. They focus on like government spending and, you know, the numbers game, which the government hates to disclose to you. Because if you saw the numbers, I mean, forget about the policy. The numbers enough should infuriate you. And uh, OpenTheBooks.com uh, does an excellent good uh, group, uh, does an excellent job of using FOIA and our transparency laws uh, to get to the numbers. Again, open the books. That's why they call it OpenTheBooks.com. So uh, they had asked the National Institutes of Health, which is an agency within the Health and Human Services, uh, for these documents back uh, 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 beginning of last year, excuse me, this year, January, and um, up to September. And these are the requests, all employment contracts, modifications and addendums since hiring as director of National Institute for Health and uh, National Institute for, of allergy and infectious diseases. So we want the employment contracts of people like Collins and Fauci. His daily calendar from January 1st, 2019 to the present time. Confidentiality documents, conflict documents, and economic interest disclosure documents. It's all about Dr. Fauci, his current job description. And again, the personal royalties paid when other documents we want to current and former Fauci agency and NIH officials for work done while they were federally employed. And as uh, Andrew Andrzejewski, who's the CEO and founder of OpenTheBooks.com, says, no one is above the law, including Dr. Anthony Fauci. It shouldn't take a subpoena or a lawsuit to force open basic employment documents that executive-level federal bureaucrats are required by law to file. We thank Judicial Watch for being a good friend and partner in this important matter. And I'm glad Judicial Watch is able to do this. Obviously, we do a lot of lawsuits on, uh, to advance our own FOIAs and get the truth about documents we've asked for directly. But we're also happy to help other groups like OpenTheBooks.com or reporters and journalists to sue for records. And we often informally advise countless individuals and groups and activists about how to get records from the government. And as I noted in, this, um, in, in commenting on this new lawsuit we filed, Fauci wields unrivaled political power in our federal government, probably the most powerful, powerful government official in modern American history who wasn't elected. Uh, so it is urgent that the American people have full access to his financial disclosures that we, again, as I echo Andrew's point, that we had to file a federal lawsuit about Fauci's financial disclosures and other basic information raises a host of concerning questions. Don't you agree? And again, this is another area that where Judicial Watch is doing the basic heavy lifting that Congress refuses to do, the media has little interest in doing. We had uncovered, for instance, with our work with the Daily Caller News Foundation, that Fauci personally approved a press release that went out of its way to praise China. That Fauci's deputy had to sign off on confidentiality terms dictated by China. 
that Fauci's agency had an official in China monitoring Wuhan, evidently spying on the Wuhan Institute, at the same time they're funding it. And of course, we uncovered the full scope of the spending on the Wuhan Institute by Fauci's agency that was withheld from the American people until Judicial Watch uncovered. So much of what we know about what Fauci's agency was doing in China is because of our litigation. And again, you know, this kind of, uh, you know, I'm, pl I'm pleased that Judicial Watch is doing this work, but this COVID crisis, and it is a crisis, in my view caused more by the lockdown than by the, um, the, the health impact of the disease, or lockdowns and, and the restrictions associated with the co trying to, quote, contain COVID. We're doing more to figure out how it came about, what was going on, than our federal agency, international agency, our federal agencies, Congress, our so-called international health community. And I don't mean we're finding stuff out, we're just trying to investigate by reading newspaper articles, we're in federal court trying to get access to the information. So if you want to hold Dr. Fauci accountable and find out what he was up to, and what the federal government was up to in terms of coordinating with China on this, this uh, research that I think they should never have been working with them on to begin with, you'll want to support Judicial Watch. So as you can see, there's a lot going on. Uh, Judicial Watch is in the forefront on January 6th and on COVID. We've got lawsuits on the vaccine issues. We, and I, you know, the number of FOIAs is just incredible in that area as well, so more is coming. Uh, but Judicial Watch, remember, always, is your watchdog in Washington. If you're not supporting us, I encourage you to do so. You can go to our website at judicialwatch.org. Uh, make donations there. We're on Facebook and Instagram and uh, Getter and Rumble and YouTube, everywhere. So uh, you can find out about our work, share the information we're getting, like the one documents we got about January 6th. And if you like what, that's, what we're doing in that regard uh, to hold the government accountable, no matter who's in office. I mean, there's no one who should the, sued the Trump administration, dare I say it, more than Judicial Watch. No one shared, sued the Obama administration more than Judicial Watch. And I think it will be the same for the Biden administration. So if you want an honest broker and you want an independent watchdog, then you'll support our work. So with that, I wish you the best. Happy Halloween, and I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's Weekly Update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.